can't get enough eye-popping, jaw-dropping, heart-stopping reality TV. It's the best. Then head to Hey You, home of reality on demand. Stream and download the latest episodes from shows like Keeping Up with the Kardashians and The Real Housewives, same day as the US. What's more fun than that? Or binge old faves like The Simple Life and The Hills. That's hot. Hey You, reality on demand. Start your one-month free trial now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Slash Filmcast, the official podcast of SlashFilm.com. I'm David Chen, and with me is... Jeff Kanata. And joining us later is going to be Devendra Hardwar. He's just a little bit late to our recording today, but we had some time constraints, so we had to start a little bit early. Uh, but joining us also for this bonus He's episode... Yella, is what it is. Uh, yeah. Yella. Uh, okay, I'm not sure that's right, <laughs> but joining us also for this podcast is Peter Serretta, editor-in-chief at SlashFilm.com. Peter, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? I, I, I'm glad to be back because it's, it seems like I, this is my vindication appearance, Dave. Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, this is the appearance where you are riding into the city, looking over all that you have conquered. It's going to be awesome. Jermaine Lucier <laughs> is also here. Uh, he is a writer at io9 slash Gizmodo. Jermaine, welcome back to the Slash Homecast. How are you doing, Jermaine? I am good, Dave. Thanks. Uh, glad we're getting this done. Ooh. It's earlier than last year, I believe. Uh, right? yeah. yeah, we waited less than five months after the summer movie <laughs> wager happened. Yeah, only like three months, so that's pretty... <laughs> uh, well, a month, a month, in a truth, month. it's been about a month, so we're actually yeah, doing pretty good time. This is one of our, of our most requested episodes of the year. But uh, in, our, in our defense, one of us, and I'm not going to say who, created a human life. So <laughs> That's true. That's um, true, Peter. Congratulations. Jeff, your wife is not on the podcast. What's going on? I know, but I helped. (laughs) All right, guys. So we are here with a Slash Filmcast bonus episode to talk about uh, the follow-up to our Summer Movie Wager 2016. For those who don't know, the Summer Movie Wager is a game whereby uh, each of us tried to predict what the top 10 movies of uh, the summer were by domestic box office gross. Basically, how the rules work is uh, you get... 10 points if you choose a movie dead on at the correct ranking. 7 points if your pick was only one spot away from where it ended up. 5 points if it was two spots away. 3 points if your pick was anywhere in the top 10. And 1 point uh, for each Dark Horse candidate that you choose that made it into the top 10. And everyone gets 3 Dark Horse candidates. I should also point out that if you get 1 or 10 dead on, you get a bonus 3 points. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that right? They're weighted, yeah, at 13 rather than 10. That's yeah, right. The so, top spot and the bottom spot. So this means that, you know, hypothetically speaking, if everyone on the podcast chose the same movie for number one and one person chose something different and that <laughs> choice was correct, then that person would have an outsized advantage because they would have plus three over everyone else, right? That would uh, almost guarantee that. them. That would guarantee a- them. Actually, they would have more than plus three. They would have um, six. Yeah, six. plus six. Yeah. They'd have they'd have a six point advantage because not only would they have gotten number one dead on, but everyone else wouldn't have gotten number one dead on. Right. Basically, what you got to know is that the points are distributed in a way that this is completely scientific, and the person that knows the best of how the, can see into the future the best gets the <laughs> highest score. Yeah, now, I have constantly said over Jeff's Kanata's strenuous objections that the rules are absolutely ludicrous <laughs> and don't actually do a good job of predicting your, uh, your box office prognostication skills. But, uh, you know, 
let's just say that there's going to be a lot of trash talking and none of us are really taking the game super seriously. Uh, now, we made an agreement, gents, at the beginning of the summer that when we did this podcast, whoever won would be able to tell everyone else to watch a movie or a TV show less than three hours long. So that is what is at stake on this year's Summer Movie Wager. So, Are, as, are we going to come back here and review? or uh, Maybe. Maybe we will. Maybe we if will. If it's requested it. enough by the list. If it's requested enough. Uh, which, by the way, I have a feeling this one will be requested. So. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so that being said, uh, gentlemen, uh, I, I think a good way to start this episode is uh, we're going to start by talking about a choice that each of us made that we thought was really great. That we're like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy uh, I got that. I'm really proud of myself for making that choice. And separately, a choice that we made that we think was absolutely horrible. Dave, uh, I have to step in here for a second. We can't. The elephant in the room. We have to start with the <laughs> fact that every single. One of us picked Captain America Civil War number one, <laughs> except one person. That's right. One person had the balls, and we all laughed at that person. <laughs> we, did. We, all, we all mocked that person when that person said Finding Dory was going to outgross Captain America Civil War. We thought, what? History proves that the Pixar movie is not going to do that. You're insane. You just threw the game in the garbage. <laughs> Peter Serretta. We, we thought it was madness. We thought I it was thought madness. it was madness. I was just like <laughs> taking a big chance and I, it paid off. I, it, Finding Dory beat Captain America by it like 75 million. It didn't just beat Captain America. It crushed Captain America. <laughs> it crushed. It, it was not close. Decisively. Decisively. So for those who are, who are curious, Finding Dory grossed $482 million uh, domestically. In our, in, our, in our time period window, which is In the time period window, right. And actually, uh, there was actually, by the way, gents, there was actually a, uh, a significant uh, difference in terms of when precisely the cutoff happened this year. Uh, because I think uh, we, we cut it off after Labor Day. But if it had been like one day earlier, if we had cut it off like Sunday night, you know, because that's usually when you tally weekend grosses, then uh, I think like Ghostbusters wouldn't have gotten to where it was on the chart. So every day makes a difference in this chart. Uh, but yeah, domestic gross for Finding Dory this summer was $482 million. That is almost $80 million more than Captain America Civil War. That is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 more. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's an entire extra movie. You're right. Yeah. It's an Alice <laughs> Through the Looking Glass more. It's a Purge 3 more. Mm, that's, uh, Purge 3 made a little bit more of that, didn't it? Uh, no, it did $80 million. Those are almost oh, yeah, the okay. 80 Okay, okay, no, good point, good point. So, so uh, all right, so Peter, that was obviously your, a stroke of brilliance by you, right? That yeah. was like Babe Ruth walking <laughs> up to the plate, pointing at the stands. He had, he had told the little boy sick in the bed the day before that he was going to do it, and everybody laughed at him. I, 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 I have to give you mad props, Peter. <laughs> now, only if the rest of my list was as uh, – Dead on as that. Um, so what's a choice that you made, Peter, that you're not super proud of? You know, there's two, Dave. I, I hate to take more time, but there's two. Uh, the number one one has to be Independence Day Resurgence, which I had <laughs> at number four. I thought maybe there would be more nostalgia for, you know, that film. Um, and it uh, 
It kind of bombed. It, it, did, it, it didn't it, do. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it wasn't it a catastrophe. To, it was not a catastrophe, but it only made a hundred three million dollars domestically. It, it so, would have had to made make two hundred million more. That's a catastrophe to, for that movie. That movie cost two hundred fifty million. Yeah, that's right. Fair well, enough. It, it, it did well overseas, but yeah. but on our for our scale, it would have had to made two hundred million dollars more to hit where I wanted it to hit. Yeah. So, so that, that, that's a failure. And it, did, it, and it, it did not crack the top 10, we should point out. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. And the other thing that I, I feel like I, I was way off on, um, even though it's only a few points off, is Secret Life of Pets. I totally underestimated um, Illumination Entertainment. And uh, I put it at number seven on, on my list, but that was, you know, it was much higher than that. So. Secret Life of Pets, uh, rounding out the top three with $359 million domestic gross. Uh, so it did very, very well. Uh, and yeah, so Peter put it at number seven. Not uh, horrible. You at least had it in your top 10, Peter. So don't, don't be too hard on yourself. Uh, how about you, Jermaine Lucier? What are you most proud of on this list? You know what? Nothing. I'm nothing. I'm right. I'm, I'm right in the middle of the pack here. I'm right in the middle of the pack. I have a couple okay ones, a couple bad ones. I have nothing. I'm proud of. I'm proud that I didn't come in last place. That's the only thing I'm proud of. Um, I. I mean, uh, oh, okay. You know, Jermaine, you're, se- you're, you're, you're selling yourself short. You're selling yourself short I'll, I'll tell because you what I- because you chose uh, Central Intelligence as a movie in the top ten. No one else even had it in their top okay. ten. Okay. Yeah, and, and Central Intelligence, also, you chose it as what your number seven, and it was in fact number eight with 127 million dollars. So that was a very uh, good call on your part. Well, well, th- well, thank you. And I, I mean, that's I guess that's okay. But like I said, like to me, and, and I guess I'm really upset I, that I totally whiffed on Jason Bourne. Didn't even put it as a dark horse. I mean, if I put it on the list, I probably would have uh, come in second or third place, or I already was third place. And then, and also, I'm with Peter on the Independence Day bandwagon, though. I don't. I'm. I don't feel. I don't regret making that decision because I thought it was going to be a big hit. I mean, I think if the movie was. I mean, the movie is like a three out of ten. If that movie was a five out of ten, it probably would have made another 150 million dollars. It's just such a terrible movie, which you know is usually what happens during the summer. You're like, oh, that movie's going to be good, and they're never good. They're very, very rarely good. Um, and so I think I'm with Peter that that's the one I'm most ashamed. I'm not actually as ashamed, but I agree with him. And then Jason Bourne, most ashamed. And if you say central intelligence, I'll take it. Uh, the rock and uh, Kevin Hart, uh, came through. I also was the only person to mention, uh, the conjuring, which cr- just barely cracked a hundred million. So, uh, that wasn't bad either as a dark horse. Yeah. Uh, well, no one else called it, but yeah, we underestimated the combination of, well, I think we overestimated a lot of other movies and we yeah. underestimated the potent mix of, uh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson and but Kevin the, Hart. The movie that we all owe an apology to is the legend of Tarzan. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, not all of us, Jeff, but. Uh, no, sir, all of us. Well, you put I it as cho- a dark horse, I chose Dave. it as a dark horse, Jeff. Yeah, so that means I at least that's not. Come on, come on. No, it I, I refuse to concede that putting it as a dark horse does not, in some way, acknowledge <laughs> that it could thing, be. I mean, I'm with I'm with Dave here because if you look at the the, the domestic grosses, right? Like it is radically top heavy. So it's Legend of Tarzan making 126 million. If you had said that it's going to make 126 million, you'd be like, oh, that's not cracking the top ten. Yeah. Exactly. There's a chance that could not have cracked the top ten with that number. It did because Dory, Captain America, Secret Life, all were so big. Everyone you know? spent their money on Dory, Captain America, and Secret Life. Like, and they didn't spend their money on anything. Like, there's a <laughs> there's a huge, huge drop off between number four and number five. 
uh, on the it list. Doubles, it doubles it. Jason yeah. Gordon, 150, and Suicide Squad did 300. There's, there's nothing made $200 million. It's That's crazy. That's the sweet spot. Crazy, crazy, yeah. So anyway, Jeff, you were saying about how all of you guys messed up the Tarzan guess? I mean, okay, <laughs> you put it as a dark horse. La-ti-da. But, I mean, for the most part, we all wildly underestimated that Tarzan could pull in top 10 numbers. It didn't make that much less than Star Trek or X-Men, which we all thought were gimmies for the top 10, right? So, uh, you know, it, it's kind of impressive that that little movie, and we certainly did a heck of a lot better than a lot of movies that were on people's lists. So Yeah. Yeah, so, so that's your that's your biggest embarrassment, Jeff. Like, you, oh you, no, no. Okay, my my list is a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> it truly, it truly is horrible. It my list is, is an embarrassment. My my son is embarrassed of my list. <laughs> All right, yes, so Jeff, what what are you most proud of on your list? Well, I did get one right on. I I, I nailed Ghostbusters at number nine. So I guess if I had to. Uh, you know, be happy with myself or anything. Uh, you know, I, I did that. Which, um, by the way, that's considered a bomb in Hollywood. <laughs> 126 million. They're not. Yeah. They're, they're like shit canning the whole franchise. Yeah, but yeah. it's nice to you to hit it there. <laughs> I did. I uh, you know, I knew that there was going to be another animated movie toward the top, and I thought it was going to be Ice Age instead of Secret Life of Pets. Dear God, why? Which is a, a, a choice I warned you off about immediately when when you said oh, it on yes. the podcast. I yeah. mean, that is. Uh, the lowest. Where's Ice Age? Wow, that's that is the terrible. lowest movie for the highest guess of anybody's list. Like that, <laughs> that movie scored lower than any other movie that's on anyone's list, and I put it higher than any movie that's off the list. It now, is... To be to be fair, Jeff. Okay, I, I'm trying to be very encouraging here before mm. the trash talking begins later on. Mm. Yes, uh, but yeah. to be fair, so this uh, isn't that trash. Talking. That is not. This is not trash talking. Uh, uh, this is this is not the worst choice ever made in the history oh, no. of the summer movie wager you still own that no actually alex no, no, no. Albrecht. Uh, that is alex albrecht yeah who Mc- i McGruber. believe in uh yeah in, in uh 2010 <laughs> uh guess that mcgruber i can't even say it without breaking up uh <laughs> guess that mcgruber would be the third highest grossing movie of the summer in fact it only made eight million dollars <laughs> and, and ranked around 50th place yeah. So, so <laughs> McGru- we, we're all we're all living in the McGroover curve right now. When we get graded on a curve, McGroover saves us all. And yet, I am so embarrassed of, of my Ice Age prediction. Um, I am the only person that. Uh, what else did I do? Incredibly stupidly, I put uh, Suicide Squad at number ten, like an idiot. Um, I really wildly, I. What I did there was I weighted the the uh, date of release much too heavily, but I and it was obvious even from last year that Guardians of the Galaxy was in the same time period, and I'm just so stupid that I didn't <laughs> learn from that. Mm, mm. So yeah, no, there's a lot of things I did wrong. Well, uh, you know, I'm gonna say a few things about myself, guys, uh, that I think I did right. You know, I know, I know, I said we'd only say one thing we did right, but really, uh, at one point. During the summer movie wager, I was uh, w- running away with this competition a crazy amount because despite missing number one and two, Peter got that right. I guess Captain America Civil War would be number one and Finding Dora would be number two. The true ranking was reversed. Despite missing that, I almost got five choices dead on. Almost. Which, 
Almost. <laughs> you got you got was, two choices dead on. I was so close to getting almost five choices dead on. We'll go into like how. Well, I'll just say, say right now that well, how two, it happened. Two is very impressive, Dave. You don't have to. Two is very impressive. Any, you any one of them is impressive. If you get one of them, it's impressive. You know, yeah. two is good. Yeah, it, it, it was talking almost. It was almost five, but Jason Bourne uh, came from behind to beat out not only X Men Apocalypse but also Star Trek Beyond, which I don't think any of us could have predicted. Oh, squeaked in too. If you look yeah. at the numbers, it's like yeah. a million and a half. Exactly. Like it, that's literally like almost like the la- like Labor Day might have made the difference between. If you know, we had not gone to see it, you probably. <laughs> yeah. <would've> done- <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we hadn't gone to see it because of the slash filmcast, like it might have, uh, I might have had an even more decisive, uh, you know, plus points from these uh, these choices. But so I'm pretty proud of that murderer's row of choices between three through seven that I got. You don't have to talk about almost. Dave. <laughs> All right, fair enough. You're Jeff. fine enough nailing to uh, dead on, <laughs> and it goes to show, you know, <laughs> even though number one and number ten are weighted more. You can still do. You can still cobble together enough points in that middle area. Yeah, to do pretty well. To do pretty to well. Do, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All, sum, all summer, I kept saying, "Oh, Peter hits Dory. He's going to win." Walking away, I kept yeah. saying that like an idiot on Twitter. And, and <laughs> well, we'll see. It. We'll see. We'll, yeah. we have not revealed the true winner yet. Right, right, right. But, but you know, uh, I think we have. I don't know about <laughs> that. Follow. They know. Uh, anyway, the thing that's so impressive about your list, Dave, to give you some some props, is how few. You only have really one movie that you picked that didn't make the top ten at all, whereas the rest of us missed movies much wa- more. Wa- the only movie you failed to recognize was Central Intelligence, right. and you put Independence Day in your list. So that was there's only one movie spot that didn't actually end up in the top ten in some order, and that's ridiculously hard to do. You, regardless of the order that you put them in, you you named nine of the. 10 correct films. Wow. What, what, what is going Jeff complimenting me? What is happening here? Yeah, but, I don't you know, I'm not so familiar with cessation. So did Devendra, guys. Uh, mm. if you got 9 of the 10 if you count the Dark Horse. Mm, that's true. That's true. Uh, so, okay. And, and, and just for the record, I'm the one with the most misses. I missed three. Yeah, yeah that's true. So, uh, I would say that my biggest disappointment was completely miscalculating. Uh, the Ice Age performance. Like, I thought Ice Age was going to... I was so convinced that Ice Age would come in squarely at number 10 that I would just completely nail that choice. <laughs> but uh, I did not. I did not. Uh, number 10 is way harder to do than one. Exactly. But that's why yes, I was like, I was like, true. I've threaded the needle. You know, I have, I have done the impossible. I've chosen Ice Age at number 10. In fact, Ice Age uh, did not do very well. Uh, it only grossed, let's see, uh, $62 million. So it is way off from the top 10. Uh, so that's kind of my biggest embarrassment is choosing the wrong number 10. I'm not sure if we mentioned that if Jeff had put Secret Life of Pets instead of Ice Age, he would have... <laughs> done a lot better. <laughs> he he would have ended up in number two. Yeah, he would have done, done a lot better. Well, uh, well and, and you know, honestly, Peter, that is literally a a thought that I. There's a version of my list with a, with a line crossed out that uh, through Secret Life of Pets in number three. I I knew I was going to put an animated film, and it was either Secret Life of Pets, Ice Age, or uh, Angry Birds, and I was kind of figuring out which one it was, and I just wildly got that wrong. 
Yeah. <laughs> so uh, joining us now is uh, Slice from Casco host of Your Hardware, Devendra. Welcome. Sorry uh, we had to start a little bit early without you, but uh, Peter <laughs> and Jermaine got to get going soon. It's okay. And so, uh, so yeah, P- uh, we were just talking about our, our favorite choice, like one that we're proud of on the top ten and one that we feel very embarrassed by. So uh, what would you say on your summer movie wager list is something that you're pretty proud of? I think uh, Angry Birds did make a, end up making a lot of money. And I think yeah. we didn't count that as much. It, 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 yeah. You, you put Angry Birds in your top ten. It did not make the top ten. Top three. Uh, top, top three. Top three. <laughs> your top yeah. three. It made Angry Birds made one hundred seven million dollars. So it was not a disaster. Um, yeah. And I think like we will, we all I, specifically I ridiculed you that you know Angry I Birds. Believe I, I believe I did as well. Yeah. That it, Angry Birds is going to be horrible and you should be ashamed of yourself and may God have mercy on your soul. And Angry Birds actually didn't do that badly. So. Uh, so true. good on you for that. Uh, Jermaine was also pointing out that you had actually, uh, you actually chose pretty much like uh, nine out of the top ten movies like were on your list. Mm-hmm. Perhaps not in the best order, but yes. they were on there in some form. So that was uh, that was pretty good. Um, All right. Anything that uh, you looking back on, you're like, oh man, I really shouldn't have put that on there. Yeah. You did choose Free State of Jones as, as a dark horse uh, as a dark horse candidate. Nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I was just arguing earlier that it does mean a lot, but you know, whatevs. Um, does it count towards points? It it does if you get it. It does. No, you, get, you get one, one measly point. point. You get one okay. point. Uh, you chose, not super helpful. Yeah, you chose Free State of Jones. Uh, Free State of Jones, in fact, was number thirty six uh, out of t- <laughs> uh, you know, the, the entire box office list. So, um, but uh, yeah, o- overall, you know, Devendra, you and Jeff had a solid list. You know, uh, guys, I recall. Uh, that last year, you know, like the 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 highest number of points last year was basically like the lowest number of points this year. So I think this year we we've done a lot better, right? Um, so you know, g- good on you guys for that. <laughs> la- exciting, la- exciting revelation. Last year, last year I got put the drop on this conversation. La- last year I got forty five points. I was the number one uh, player last year, and this year the lowest ranked players are forty five points. So. Anyway, uh, all right. Well, let's. I don't remember that. Uh, well, I'm. Te- I mean, I'm telling you that that is what happens. I believe you. I believe you. I, just, <laughs> I, I didn't. I, maybe I put it out of my head. I know you. Yeah. You refuse to believe that I won it, last it, year, it did, not, it did not happen. So let's count down the top ten of the summer. Before we do that, though, I do want to give a shout out to uh, the people who helped us to make this year's summer movie wager much more entertaining. Oh man, um, amazing, amazing amount of work and awesomeness. It really did make it yeah. much more entertaining this year. So Paul Baker uh, created a site. You can find that at thesummermoviewager.com. And uh, also uh, a gentleman named Dennis uh, also had a site. I'll link to it in the show notes, but it's basically smoview.a2hosted.com. And I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes because that's hard to remember. Uh, Dennis really attacked this uh, in a way that uh, was intense and was entertaining, and it really made it into like a uh, like a week by week fun game. He created a Twitter account where he like graphed you know a lot of people's distribution and all that kind of stuff. Like it was it was amazing. So I would recommend his Twitter account some movie W. That's S U M movie W. Um, and also makes me want to do like a winter movie wager, guys. Yeah, that makes yeah. me want to make winter a- movie wager. I think there's also a possibility that other people could get involved next. Like listeners could get involved next year. We're gonna we're looking into that. So just, annual, we could do a whole year too. Come on, guys, we yeah, go crazy. Yeah. So just wanted to give a shout out to those uh, folks. Uh, as like really helping out and making this like way more fun than even it would have otherwise been, which was already very <laughs> fun. So, uh, but yeah, uh, 
thanks so much, you guys. Really appreciate it. And we wouldn't have been able to record the podcast this early without you because we probably wouldn't have been able to calculate the results. So let's get into the actual top 10. Number one, Finding Dory, $482 million domestic. Um, as we've already talked about, Peter called this. He did an amazing job. You know, I don't think I think we all expected this to be big. I don't think any of us could have expected it to be this big. This was this year's like <laughs> Jurassic World, right? I mean, it was a movie that ran away with the title, uh, and like it, it wasn't just like a slight victory; it was like a massive uh, victory over over Captain America: Civil War. Absolutely. Now, m- my question for you guys is: Do you feel like the movie actually deserved uh, that title of, of number one movie this summer, Jeff Kanata? I mean, it's a it's a lovely film, um, <laughs> I, you know, and and you know, a very crowd pleasing movie. I, I don't. I think overall the the list of movies this year, and you know, I tend to say this most years, sadly, uh, really mostly bad movies. Even the movies that I thought were going to be home runs as far as quality, like Jason Bourne, uh, it's not so mm-hmm. good. Not so yeah. good. It, you know, a lot of disappointments. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Sreda, do you feel like? Uh... The, the Finding Dory deserve the number one spot? I think it's good populist entertainment. I think uh, – I mean I like Captain America more. But um, I think Finding Dory you can show to almost anybody and they'll at least enjoy it. Like I think it's probably the most enjoyable to wide audiences, which I, I think makes sense that it's number one. Yeah. Any, any thoughts, Devendra or Jermaine? I mean I'll, I barely remember that movie. I remember <laughs> liking it, but that is a weird – that's one of those weird movies like, oh, yeah, I like that thing. And there was a fish and she was found, right? There's some it. shells. I remember shells were laid out and yeah. then there was like yeah. those seals that were on the rock that like – There was an octopus. That, that, that yeah. super, that super offensive thing about uh, <laughs> mentally handicapped people. I, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. It's just like good old classic Pixar fun. Um, so yeah. I, gotta say, also, I, I, think, I think you guys are understating this. <laughs> that, that movie, I, I feel like a lot of people got emotional in that movie. Is that up there with Pixar's greatest movies? No, but like a movie that can make people cry is not what you guys are reducing it to. It's not no, you're hard right. to it's make a good movie. I, it's a good movie, but it's also not that hard to make people cry. Yeah, Devinder does uh, it every day. Um, all the time. I don't, <laughs> in my IMs with David Chen. That's yes. right. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right. Captain America uh, Civil War. This was a movie that we all obviously thought would be number one for Quadrant Film. Uh, but I think it's safe to say that we all really love this movie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Anyone didn't like I, I thought it's great entry into the Marvel franchise, great entry into the Captain America saga. Uh, and a real crowd pleaser. I think here's something that I'll observe about Captain America Civil War is a lot of people were making fun of uh, Lex Luthor's plan in Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, like that was a preposterous plan. I think Daniel Brühl's plan in Captain America Civil War was equally ridiculous. I guess, Um, but he won, so (laughs) joke's on us. But uh, the movie is so much more fun. The action yeah. is so well choreographed and staged and uh, has so many kind of interesting concepts that uh, I think you're able to look past that kind of stuff. And uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. So I feel like, I feel like uh, going back to Jeff's point a little bit about Dory as well as Civil War, it comes down to like – I think both those movies you walked out of the theater feeling good about and most people. I know like you know Dory – I think more people like Civil War overall than Dory. But like if you look at those two movies opposed to the rest of the list, money aside – I feel like those two movies people generally liked, and most of the other movies, you know, like people like you know, like in their thirties, 
didn't really like. I mean, mm-hmm. I know a lot of kids love The Secret Life of Pets. I thought it was a piece of crap, you know. But like, and then that sort of goes for everything below here, almost. I mean, yeah, yeah. But you know what? The thing about The Secret Life of Pets is the marketing for that movie was insane. No, it was like, great. It, it yeah, was just like it. Suicide Squad, and I know those are the next two movies, and we're going to go after them. But those two marketing campaigns were like top notch. Like yeah, I wanted to see both those. Totally, movies. Totally, but but I'm saying like I, I think during Captain America each had good campaigns and also delivered on them way more than the next two, and that sort of is why they sort of are those top two films. You know, we and we all knew they were going to be the top two films, and just so they delivered on the promise of a good movie, where most of the rest of the list is not. I believe. Yeah. All right. Number three, Secret Life of Pets, and number four, Suicide Squad. Uh, and I think several of us did predict that you know these movies would do pretty well. Uh, mm-hmm. Peter, you you had a pretty close call for Suicide Squad. Devendra as well. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember. I got both of these choices dead on, giving me twenty <laughs> points. <laughs> so yeah. You know what? You know what? I don't remember, and more impo- more importantly, I won't remember next year. <laughs> well, that is a shame. Everyone, everyone, take a shot every time Dave says something super smug. Uh, this episode, because uh, well, he you'll won. Be dr- you'll be he drunk won, before the end. Hey, 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 Devinder, we're not spoiling that yet. All right, okay. so I think everybody <laughs> has figured it out. So based every, on your it's general on the internet, Dave, <laughs> your general attitude. Jason Bourne. Uh, well, actually, do we want to say anything about Suicide Squad other than that? This is an example of a movie where, again, I think the marketing was great. The trailers were yeah. awesome uh, and sold a movie. And, you know, freaking Jermaine Lucier, Jermaine yeah. Lucier freaking called this when we recorded the summer movie wager earlier on this year. He said, I don't think David Ayer can make the kind of movie that you're seeing in the trailers. And he was completely right. And that's why yep. the final film feels completely cobbled together. And, and it still made you know, $300 million because we all got duped and we're like, <laughs> oh, it's cool. It's going to be a cool superhero movie. Oh, it can't be. And then I think like the negative views almost worked for it in a way because people are like, no, it can't be that bad, you know, and yeah. went to see it. You know, like everybody I know saw that where I can't tell you one person outside of the four of us maybe who saw the, the, the legend of Tarzan. You know what I mean? Like, but I could like everybody saw Suicide. Somebody Squad. had to. I know that's it's crazy, but Suicide Squad was just everybody was so curious about there's you know, so many elements. Like it was either oh I got to see Margot Robbie or I got to see Jared Leto or oh Batman's in that. How do I see Batman? There's there's so many entry points for people that the fact that it sucked didn't it didn't matter once you paid that money. Here's a big surprise: number five, Jason Bourne, 156 million dollars. Huh. Uh, I. I don't, you know, some of us predicted that Jason Bourne would be top ten. I don't think any of us predicted it would be this high. I'm actually still surprised that Jason yeah, Bourne did. beat out X Men Apocalypse, Star Trek Beyond, and Ghostbusters. Uh, I did not think that it had the staying power, but people like their Matt Damon kicking ass, no matter how terrible the movie is. I mean, I don't think any of us were really big fans of this movie, correct? Nope. I mean, yeah. and also there's this terrible. and X Men Apocalypse, two very surprising failures. Which still made a shit ton of money. So I don't see. I don't know if it's a really, really even a shit ton. Like X Men Apocalypse, one hundred fifty-five million dollars. That's okay. Uh, that is not a well-performing X Men film. You know, huh. like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. if you think about X Men: Days of Future Past, like that movie performed uh, much better. So I think the, the studio Fox was expecting a lot more from this movie. Days mm-hmm. of Future Past, by the way, made two hundred thirty-three million dollars. So compared to uh, X Men Apocalypse, one hundred fifty-five million. That is a big come down. Uh, so yeah, it's scary that. Basically, there's four movies in the in that came out this summer that did well. Yeah, you know, based on the sort of scale the way, that Dave. we're talking about, the the scale we're talking about now with with summer blockbusters, how much money these movies cost to make and yeah. to market, 
there's really just four movies in the entire summer that you can call a success, a resounding success. That's kind of scary. Based on their budget. Because there's a lot of like – if you look at a movie like Bad Moms, that's a resounding right. success. It costs like yeah. $3 million or something. Right. But I know – And even – Yes, Even right. don't breathe, you know, way down the list. Yeah, don't breathe course. is a massive success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so, but I mean, yeah, you, you yeah. take my point, though. Yes, yeah. the big, big Hollywood wide release, you're 100% right. Four movies are a success. Yeah. And even Jason Bourne, the number five movie, is probably considered a failure by two Universal. Yeah, we, we, we saw a lot of uh, articles this summer about sequel fatigue. And if you look at the this list and you especially look at the movies that didn't even make the top ten – um, like Conjuring 2, Independence Day, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Purge, Alice the Looking Glass. I mean, they're all sequels. Neighbors 2. Yeah. 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 Now You See Me 2, Ice Age, whatever. <laughs> Ice Age 15. <laughs> Neighbors. Yeah. Free State of Jones. <laughs> I was really surprised. That is I was very surprised that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did so poorly. Yeah. I really- yeah, especially because I'm one of the few people who actually liked it. Like, wh- like I hate the first one, and I thought this one was fun. Um, yeah, the, I think it was a better it. movie, but people were so turned off by the first probably that they didn't want to come out for the second, or you know, who knows? But it, yeah, I do think it was a bloodbath at the box office this, this summer. It does feel like there was a lot of failures um, and a lot of uh, reevaluation that that needs to go on. I think the the biggest. Come down is probably uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass. You know that is a movie where the first movie made over a billion dollars worldwide, uh, and this one did not do nearly as well. Uh, yeah. Alice Through I, I the put, Looking Glass. I put made- it at six on my list because I thought you know a billion dollars. It has to have some resonance. Like it has to have some cultural impact, right, Jeff? Turn, uh, like, turns out no. Yeah. No. Turns out no. <laughs> Alice in Wonderland in 2010 made $334 million domestic, uh, which would have put it as number four on this year's list if it was uh, playing this year. And uh, it made a billion dollars worldwide. And Alice Through the Looking Glass uh, made $77 million domestic and uh, $300 million worldwide. That is a come down of $700 million. <laughs> they thought they wow. would make... Seven hundred million dollars more than they made uh, with Alice Through the Looking Glass. Yeah, at least you know. Ideally, Alice Through the Looking Glass makes more money than uh, than the original. So, you know, I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't actually see the movie. Did any of you actually? Uh, I didn't either. Oh, it's horrible. Okay, it's ter- it was terrible. Like it, it, it deserves to make that little money. But I mean, it's. I don't think it's any worse than the last one. The last one is really bad too. But. I think that one just – it came out sort of – it was probably like the next big 3D movie after Avatar yeah. and people sort of love that about it. Uh, and this movie, and now this is like years later and nobody gives a crap anymore and it just didn't deliver. I mean it, I think it's pro- – let me think. It's better than the first one, which isn't saying much but it's still really bad. <laughs> you know what the weird thing is? I see people all the time wearing Alice uh, in Wonderland, the Tim Burton movie, like merchandise, like T-shirts and like you know the stuff that Mostly the, they in sell your, in uh, Hot Topic. <laughs> mostly in my closet and mostly at Disneyland. But uh but like I, I do see people that were fans of that first film. It's it's weird that um this movie did so badly. I would I would argue that they're fans of the graphic design of the first movie. Yeah. It's, you know, the the image of Tim of um uh what's his name? You know, the actor. Uh, Johnny, Depp. Johnny, Depp. Johnny, Depp. Johnny Depp. Nice. I uh, I have a child now, so I don't sleep. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, the image of Johnny Depp as the Mad Hatter is 
it's an it's a t-shirt worthy image, you know, but it, not necessarily a film. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Scott Mendelson at Forbes.com wrote uh, an article about this. Alice Through the Looking Glass grossed over $700 million less than Alice in Wonderland. Uh, if you take domestic grosses, Alice 2 made $256 million less in North America than the original film, not accounting for infla- inflation. There are only 94 films in the history of mankind that have grossed even $256 million total. That is the difference in gross between Alice 1 and Alice 2. Uh, and then total, it earned $738 million less than Alice 1, uh, which is like the entire worldwide gross of Gravity or Up. So the magnitude of the failure of this sequel is pretty staggering to behold. Uh, anyway, a lot of sequels got punished this year, and uh, we'll see if Hollywood learns any lessons from that. Number seven, Star Trek Beyond, $155 million. Uh, This is also a movie that earned way less than I think people were expecting. I mean, it earned less than Star Trek Into Darkness. And uh, it's widely regarded as a better film than Star Trek Into Darkness, right? Uh, I think all of us thought this was like an enjoyable blockbuster. Any Mm -hmm. disagreement there? Nope. Yeah. We all all like the movie and... Uh, it unfortunately didn't do very well, and I'm worried that there's not going to be a fourth. But yeah, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness grossed $228 million domestically, 467 worldwide. This movie only grossed uh, $155 million. So that, again... Are, are you really worried there won't be another one? Yeah, yeah. I am, uh, yeah I'm they announced the fourth I, one, I, but I've heard, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've heard that um, they're waiting for the home video sales to... Come yeah. in and see I have it. to say, like this is one of the few movies this summer I can't wait to uh, rewatch at yeah. some point. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to checking it out again. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, did not do super well. Uh, a lot of us did have it pretty close on the list. Uh, most of us got seven points off uh, Star Trek Beyond, which came in at number seven. Central Intelligence, number eight. Only person who had it on their list at all was Jermaine Lucier. That's right. And uh, did you enjoy the film, Jermaine? Did you see it? Uh, I did see it. Um, it was okay. I honestly, I, I forgot. I, I mean, if you ask me what the plot of it is right now, I couldn't tell you. I remember laughing a little bit during it. And, you know, it was, it was one of those things I saw like at a $7 matinee and I was like, Oh cool. That was great. What are we going for lunch? And then I never thought about it again until this very moment, which, <laughs> it, which, it, which is okay for some movies. You know, I think that movie didn't really aspire to, it probably aspired to a little bit more than that. Um, but you know, it doesn't need to be more than that. Um, and, I mean, I think it probably is considered a hit at $127 million. Um, maybe not a big hit, um, but, you know, did okay. Yeah. Central Intelligence number eight. Number nine, Ghostbusters. Peter, uh, I think you were the one that ranked this the highest on your list, right? Did uh, I? Yeah, I, I guess I did. Yeah, you chose it as number six. Uh, a lot of us chose it as number you know nine or ten. Um, Jeff chose it dead on at number nine. Uh, this is a movie. I, th- I mean, Peter, you really went on a warp, like a warpath about this movie. As as much as I didn't go on a warpath. As I much as Peter Serretta, so you know, Peter Serretta, guys. For those who don't know, is one of the nicest people in the world. Uh, he's like very kind. And so, for Peter to write an article on SlashFilm.com saying why Ghostbusters, you know, was a disappointment, is uh, says a lot. I think you know, like just because he would not normally do that unless he was really disappointed. With well, it. well, the thing about this movie too is it became all about the uh, you know it being the girl Ghostbusters movie, and if you had any criticisms about it, you were sexist. And um, 
and I was a person, as you know, I was on the podcast. I, you know, I, I've been prom- like, you've been championing. Yeah, I've been this championing movie. this movie. So when I went and saw it, and I saw it at the premiere, I was, I was so disappointed, Dave. I mean, as a fan, I know you're not a fan of the original Ghostbusters, <laughs> as, as, as or you don't hold it as highly correct in esteem as I do. And maybe that is the problem. Maybe I do hold that. Maybe, maybe it is uh, that I am so nostalgic for that movie. Yeah, I mean, but uh, it's weird because uh, I, I hold it in pretty high esteem too. But there was something about it. I, I liked it. It was probably on this list of the top ten, probably my third favorite movie, behind you know uh, Dory and Civil War. Um, I hold it in reverence, but I think I was able to compartmentalize a little bit. To add, if I can add another syllable, um, just because I liked where it, it sort of, you know where it alluded to the other movies, but I it really tried to stand on its own. Um, See, that's maybe, my problem is it didn't right. try to Yeah, I, I don't agree with you at all, Jermaine. I thought he oh, was no. slavish. I know. No, no, it's slavish to some of like the the iconography, but the action of it is it is way more action. There's way more comedy. And and I think the first one's funnier. Yeah, but the comedy, the comedy is cheap sitcom jokes. They're not yeah, like they don't have anything to do with ghost busting or Oh no! Sure. I disagree. I think yeah. I think of of all of us, I'm the one that liked it the most. Yeah. And I I adore the first Ghostbusters movie. It, it's it's uh, it shaped my childhood in a very very strong way. I mean, I quote Ghostbusters almost daily, and uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. I I went in after hearing Peter's opinion, really worried I wasn't going to like it, and I just had a blast. I think, and I've said this before, but I will reiterate it here. I think there's a joke right at the beginning. That is a fart joke. And if you laugh at that joke, you're in. The whole movie is going to be – you're going to be loving the movie. If you think that that joke is stupid, you're out. The mo- you will not like that movie. And I think Jeff? that's just like – I know. You didn't like that Jeff, moment, right? I, I will agree with you on that one. Yeah. I that, that moment came up. I laughed. And from that point on, I was like, I'm in this. I'm in it. This is going to be fun. I think it's like this litmus test right at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. I think uh, Devinder made a nice distinction about Star Trek saying that's the movie he's most excited to revisit. For me, it's Ghostbusters because I, I really, really mm-hmm. enjoyed it and I'm excited to watch it again. And I'm sure I was laughing so hard I missed things, you know, and references and things like yeah. that. Yeah, I am excited for you guys to realize it's not a great movie. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, it's number, done. It's done, Pete. Number 10. Yeah, I mean, to, to be fair, uh, I, I can't help but imagine that this movie is regarded as a financial disaster. Uh, it made even though it's number nine, it only made 125 million dollars worldwide, and uh-huh. I'm sorry, uh, domestically worldwide, 228 million dollars. That is very bad for a movie that you want to be a franchise restarter. I mean, yeah, 100 million dollars. We'll what video yeah. looks like, honestly, like the Ghostbusters reboot feels like something that could live on in video pretty well. I, the problem is, if they, it really, I don't have those numbers in front of it. Only made 100 million dollars internationally. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. That's that's that's, 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 that's it's that's, very that's, bad. That's because yeah. it wasn't released in China. Uh, right. I think that's yeah, because, because of China's uh, distaste for you know, the occult and stuff like right. that. Right. Compare that Although to – Actually, I think it's pronounced China. <laughs> that, is a, that is a Donald Trump reference. But uh, yeah, oh, Warcraft, on the other hand, made $47 million domestic. So you know, that was regarded like potentially as a disaster but made $386 million worldwide, thus saving it from being like a complete catastrophe. So uh, – Cool yeah, we're yeah. going to get more Warcraft movies. Uh, uh, yeah. Maybe. At the very least, Duncan Jones still has a career, and we're all really looking forward to his next film, Mute. Um, but, uh, yeah, Ghostbusters, I, I, I just cannot see a world 
where uh, there is a sequel to this film. But hey, Jorma Tacone's writing MacGruber 2, so who knows? Like maybe anything could happen. Uh, number it, three movie of the summer of 2000. <laughs> <laughs> 2010, yeah. If they do, a, if they do a, a, a low-budget version of Ghostbusters, maybe it could work. Number 10, Legend of Tarzan, uh, a movie that none of you had on any of your top 10 lists and that only I had <laughs> as a dark horse. We all owe it an apology, including you, David. <laughs> you just love you some Alexander Sarsgaard. So I think I uh, read an email from an astute slash cast listener uh, about how this movie was horribly marketed. Like it was kind of marketed as a uh, – uh, oh, here, here. I actually have the email right now. This email comes in from Veronica who wrote in three months ago. I still have this email. Uh, I recently went to an AMC theater to watch Legend of Tarzan. Before the film even started, I knew the studio had gotten it wrong. I was aware of the awful reviews, but I went in with low standards. Prior to every film, AMC airs a PSA. It makes the audience aware of exits, reminds them to keep an eye on personal belongings. Um, Tarzan begins with a PSA that has an action film theme. Tarzan should not be marketed as an action film. The film is basically a romance novel. A good-looking, rich, shirtless man returns to the jungle and fights off beasts and men to save his love. Why this was marketed as an action movie is beyond me. They even threw in Samuel L. Jackson and gave his character in Tarzan moments and scenes to promote a body comedy. This is not Lethal Weapon. This is a story Murtaugh's wife would have written in Lethal Weapon. Uh, so anyway, I'm going to end the email there. But uh, yeah, Veronica wrote in and basically said that they, they grossly mismarketed this movie. It should have been a romance. Uh, and I think you know, a large part of the female population did you know, resonate with this movie. Uh, and that probably drove it to have $126 million domestic. Did any of you see the movie? Did any of you enjoy it? I saw it. Jermaine, what did you think? It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I think I wrote, I think my review on Iron Nine was like, uh, Legend of Tarzan is like the Terminator who was set in the jungle and sucked. Like, <laughs> because it's really, he's just, he's just this nonstop thing that doesn't stop running and he, he's always going towards the goal. It's very much like you know Schwarzenegger and the Terminator, where he just keeps getting shot and nobody just keeps walking forward. That's what the character reminded me of uh, Tarzan. He had no personality. I, I mean, I understand other iterations of Tarzan had that romance, but this movie has no romance. I don't know what the girl was watching, but um, yeah, it, it's it's really really bad. And I I frankly like when I looked at this list, you know, an hour ago, I can't believe it made as much money as it did. It's crazy. Well, that's uh, Tarzan. That doesn't sound like an apology. (laughs) (laughs) And it was number 10. Now, we should point out a few films barely missed the top 10. Uh, Legend of Tarzan was $126 million. We have Angry Birds movie uh, coming in at number 11. So Devendra missed out just barely uh, on getting those points. Uh, Bad Moms, $103 million. As Jermaine alluded to earlier, that that is a movie that none of us had on our list and nobody had as a dark horse. And I, I'm actually surprised, Jeff, because you usually do this competition in, like, what is going to be the kids' movie that's on those yeah. list? What's going to be the R-rated comedy? I'm surprised that you didn't have this at least as a dark horse. I was definitely thinking about it. And you're right. I always pick the – There's all. it tends to be the case that there's that, um, you know, the, the marketed to women, you know, that, which is a legit, um, <laughs> a legit strategy. You know, that, that's a big force of people that are often under – um, marketed to during the summer months when we're getting you know all these testosterone explosion movies 
Uh, and usually that that bears fruit. And this one, you know, clearly this movie is a success. It did very, very well for based on the budget it had. Bad Moms beat Independence Day Resurgence. Bad Moms had a budget of $20 million. Independence Day Resurgence had a budget of $165 million. Uh, so that is crazy, guys. But also, yeah, a huge success for, I think it's ATX, right, that did the studio? STX. STX, yeah. STX is a studio behind Bad Moms. So they got a huge, uh, huge hit there. And good for them. Conjuring 2, $102 million. Sausage Party, $89 million. And then it starts to drop off real fast. But I think uh, some big surprises for me uh, were how low some movies that seemed like they would be hits showed up on this list. Specifically, Steven Spielberg's The BFG, $54 million. That's like way past number 20. You know, that's like um, way down there. Uh, yeah, you had that as a dark horse, and so did Devendra. Yeah, um, Warcraft, forty-seven million dollars. Uh, that was a huge bomb, uh, and the movie cost uh, one hundred sixty million dollars as well. So right around the same uh, as Independence Resurgence, uh, and it was able to not be a disaster because of uh, Chinese grosses. But uh, yeah, Warcraft way down there as well. And uh, unfortunately, I think, like, you know, for, for us who like good movies, uh, Kubo and the Two Strings, $36 million this summer. Heartbreaker. Heartbreaker. It's very bad. And, you know, it obviously costs way more than that to make. It um, didn't make the top 10 grossing movies, but it will make my top 10 of best movies of the year for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also another huge bomb uh, 20, uh, with $24 million, Ben Hur. That was another movie that. Like I think was, we all saw that coming. Was a remake yeah, of a movie that, that no one cared about or wanted to see again. That's what we needed. Uh, we needed <laughs> no year. one needed a Ben Hur. Yeah, uh, the one that breaks my heart is Pop Star because I've rewatched that a couple times on uh, on iTunes, and that movie it's is fun. so damn good. It's it so is good. good. Uh, so that and movie the, made there, there's nine... like a whole movie's worth of special features in that too, like in terms yeah. of deleted scenes. Just nice, so good. Nice. Uh, I'll be. I'm, Waiting for that Blu-ray price to drop so, so I can pick it up. Do it. Pop star, never stop, never stopping. Nine million dollars uh, made about as much money as McGruber did. Nine point four nine, Dave. Yeah. Nine point five. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, made about as much money as McGruber did, unfortunately, uh, which is not great. Not great. So, what are these movies above it? The Darkness, The Infiltrator. <laughs> I I don't even know these movies. What? Okay. Well, I, the Darkness I, I, was a I, horror movie. The Infiltrator was with uh, Brian Cranston. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. Well, yeah. I, I was looking at Warcraft on this list, and above that is The Shallows. I, I'm yeah. surprised that The Shallows beat Warcraft. That's I a have hit. a feeling that's that a The Shallows budget was a little smaller than Warcraft's budget, but that's just oh, me. I don't oh, know how much that shark oh, I know. <laughs> um, one of the biggest hits of the summer is uh, Lights Out, a movie that costs like $10 million. And uh, as of uh, Labor Day, had made $66 million, but like, uh, it's still going, man. It is still raking it in. And so mm-hmm. uh, really happy about that because that's a movie I quite enjoyed. Uh, currently has $67 million domestic um, and $147 million worldwide. So uh, some unexpected hits. Any overall lessons we want to draw? I think you know the, the best lesson, you know, Jeff Kanata, that you mentioned when we recorded the first half of this was no one knows anything. <laughs> oh yeah, I think that's, that's right, including that's the people financing the movies. So. <laughs> yeah. That being said, that being said, this is uh, you know I asked Dennis who put together uh, one of the summer movie wager websites to give us some statistics before tonight's episode, and uh, this is a year that ha- where like we collectively got the second highest total number of points 
the highest in, was in movie wager history. In and movie wager history, the highest we've done was ten of these. We've yeah, done ten. We've done so ten it's of not these. an insignificant sample size. We've done two hundred. Uh, I'm sorry. The two, 2012 was 264 points total. This year, 2016 was 249 points total. Uh, and uh, that is with the same number of players each year. The average in 2012 was 52 points per player. The average this year was 49 points per player. So I don't actually think we did that bad. In fact, we did among the best that has ever been done in the summer movie wager. But do you but, think, Dave, that it is because there's so many sequels and there's so many – I mean eight out of the ten of these movies is based on some previous property or is a sequel or remake or adaptation – do you think it's becoming easier because now, like, this is the game? This is how the studios are no, making I, the I, movies. We, 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 I don't know. agree. I don't agree. I think our instincts are just are, are good, Peter, because I think there are a ton of sequels that did horribly. I mean, did you just yeah. hear my statistics on Alice Through the Looking Glass? That's oh, yeah. a movie that should have been a huge hit. Fortunately, someone like myself did not include it in the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... Like and actually, several of you didn't include it in the top ten. So, yeah. Uh, so good, good for those of you who didn't include it in the top ten. <laughs> you know, mostly good for you. Mostly yeah. good. Put it number you. six, uh, yeah. it's right where it belonged. Yeah. So, so I don't know, Peter. I, like, I think th- this um, year was very surprising in a lot of ways. Didn't expect Jason Bourne to do that well. Didn't expect X Men uh, yeah. and Star Trek Beyond to do that badly. Um, you know, certainly. Uh, there's just a lot of surprises. Didn't expect Ghostbusters to do that badly. Didn't expect the gap between number four and five to be that huge. It's just there's a lot of surprises this year yeah. that I think we're really. I, but I will I will say this though that some of the two biggest surprises on this list are the two movies that are not sequels, remakes, you know, adapt based on something, and that's Secret Life of Pets and Central Intelligence. They're they're the two most original movies in the top ten. Quote unquote uh-huh. original. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, yeah quote unquote yeah. original, yeah. But um, and, and for me, the takeaway is the same as it is every summer is do not think you're going to see good movies over the summer, ever. Like, don't a- ever think it. You always are like, oh, these movies are going to be good. And like I said, these are most of these are not good movies. <laughs> most of them, implicitly, we would agree, are not good movies. We might like some of them more than others. You know, like you might be like, oh, Jason Bourne's okay or X-Men's okay. But I think implicitly eight of these are bad movies, maybe even, you know, probably eight. Well, you know, Henry Smith here uh, is in the chat room. Is, is has a beef. He's like the common movie lover cliche. Everything is awful because this person has high standards and sees a lot of movies. There was a lot of hand wringing by critics this summer about how movies are dead. Everyone's talking about Stranger Things. No one gives a shit about you know Secret Life of Pets, like or Suicide Squad, like other thing. TV has a much better way of like influencing culture than movies do. I think there are good movies, guys. There are awesome movies. Oh, no, there uh, are great just, movies. They're just the not summer. on the top ten of the summer. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Oh, man, there were that's some great, sure. like, Swiss Army Man. And, uh, oh, and yeah. So, there's so but many other ones. I would say, he, he, if you're looking, I just pulled up last year, right? Last right. year, uh, Inside Out, great. Mission Impossible 5, great. Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, okay, yeah. there you go. You're good. <laughs> Th- those three movies are... Great. Extraordinary. Yes. Plus, I mean, a lot of people really like Jurassic World. I know, Dave, you're not one of them. I happen to really like Avengers Age of yeah, Ultron. Really. Um, mm-hmm. Ant-Man was, I think, a good movie. Really fun. Um, so, you know. But so you're right. There's a couple in there. You're, you're absolutely right. I just feel like we always overestimate how yeah. good they're all going to be. Based on marketing, just based on our movie fandom, you know. We want them all to be great. I mean, that's one of those things that's been the argument this whole year with movie criticism and stuff is – Oh man, uh, you know, uh, 
critics want to hate a movie. It's like, and, and which obviously I'm sure you guys have talked about a million times. It's not the case. We just yeah, but I, I but out of this top ten list, I think the only films we can agree, the collective group of us that are quote unquote good, are Finding Dory, Captain America, and Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, yeah I think that's right. Sure, and I'm not saying that like you love Finding Dory or whatever, but like those are like. The other movies. Those are I the think, only movies that were tolerable. Those are yeah. the only. Those are the only movies that one of us, the four of us, doesn't hate. Yeah. Yeah. Five of yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. So rough year. Uh, a lot of difficult stuff to predict, but overall, I thought we did pretty well, guys. Pretty well compared to years past. I agree that in terms of this list, the top ten of the summer, it's a it's a lesser list in terms of quality than it was like last year, but um, still. Some good good movies to be found this summer. You just need to look a little bit harder. Dave, what are what are the points? <laughs> let's go through the points, yeah. guys. Let's go yeah, through let's the points. Point. Totals. Why Jeff Kanata, your so your number excited. of points. I don't know. Your number of points, Jeff. <laughs> I got forty five points, Dave. Thanks for thanks for it. But you know what? Good enough good to thing? win last year. Good enough to <laughs> win. Good enough to win. You know what? And I'm gonna go ahead and enter myself into last year at forty five. <laughs> um the good news is, I mean, I don't want to spoil Devendra's points, but the good news is <laughs> neither of us were at the bottom because we, we have each other. Devendra, what were your number of points? I, uh, I also had 45 points, and uh, we formed the 45-point club, and uh, right. we're very happy. How about, very you, happy. how about you, Jermaine? And you guys can't join it. <laughs> uh, I have 48 points. We call us the uh, Alice Food Looking Glass Club, um, who comes in third place. <laughs> Peter Serena. <laughs> Um, I had 50 points, Dave. And me, David Chen, for the second year in a row, win the Summer Movie Wager, this time with 61 points, which, by the way, I feel compelled to point out, is the highest score of all time uh, in the history of the Summer Movie Wager. It beats Dan Trachtenberg? Uh, I believe that is correct. Uh, I barely uh, squeaked out uh, a win at 61 points because I think Dan had 60 points. Wow. So that by one dark point, horse, your dark horse of Legend of Tarzan. That's right, Legend of Tarzan. Legend of Tarzan does it. Wow. Legend of Tarzan made me the number one highest uh, scoring person of all time. Guess you should see that movie, huh? In the same <laughs> movie, sure. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, uh, I, I still am. Again, like I said, I'm a little bitter that my victory was even more decisive because I could have had four dead on, um, and yet you did. or five dead, <laughs> dead on. Um, yeah, just four. <laughs> so as a as a previous. Back-to-back two-time winner uh, from one to another, I'll say. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we see if you can three-peat next year. That would be the true achievement. Yep. But you may be the winner, but I think Peter Serretta won our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I think when we, when we look back to the, to the summer of 2016 Movie Wager – what are people going to remember? They're going to remember that Finding Dory number one moonshot that he nailed. They're not going to remember who won because he won our hearts, David. Mm, he won our okay. hearts. <laughs> I, bet, uh, I bet Dave's going to remember who won. I, I think I'm going to remember. Fun. So I think uh, – okay. Here's, here's where Peter Serretta went wrong. Let's just like I, – I don't want to belabor this, but I just think this is a little interesting. I don't want to belabor this, but I'm <laughs> but going I'm, to belabor but this. I'm but I'm so, so Peter Serretta guessed Finding Dory and Captain America uh, – as his number one and two choices, Suicide Squad number three, which came in number four. So he was pretty close on that. But then he chose Independence Day Resurgence as number four, which was like <laughs> – it didn't even make the top ten. So that cost him a lot of points. Uh, and then Alice Through the Looking Glass and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as number nine and ten for him, neither of which made the top ten either. So he had basically three spots 
in his top ten. And I didn't have Jason Bourne on my top ten either. That's right. So he had had three spots in his top ten that, like, were basically not on the list at all, on the final list at all, and he didn't include Jason Bourne. So, like, even though that was an amazing choice, he still didn't, uh, wasn't able to capitalize on that, unfortunately, with the rest of his list. Yeah, he capitalized on my heart, though, Dave. He won won my heart. He's a home run hitter with a 200 average. (laughs) That's right. He swings for the fences. (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, so, as part of our agreement yeah. for the summer movie wager, <laughs> yeah, we uh, gotta go. So let's. We, this <laughs> we agree here. that I would get to choose a, a thing that you guys would watch under three hours long. And you know, guys, on September nineteenth, twenty sixteen, about, about two weeks ago, Devin Faraci at Birth Movies Death published this article that I thought was extraordinary. Oh uh, no! The title of this ar- <laughs> the title of this article was "It Turns Out Gods of Egypt." Was awesome. No! <laughs> you know, I've been waiting to actually see this, Dave. Here's the, here's the difference between I saw you it and in the theater, and now i got to watch it again. Here's the difference between you and I. I would have taken, if I had won, I would have taken my opportunity to, to show you guys something that I love. Yeah. Jeff would have enlightened us. What, I would have, Dave what makes you think make I don't summer. love? What makes you think I don't Dave, love Gods of Egypt? I, I'm really upset at kind of the Dave implication. Is trying here. to punish us. I'm yes. really upset at the implication here, Jeff, that that you think I don't think you'll enjoy <laughs> Gods of Egypt. He, he, this article, Jeff, Gods of Egypt was awesome. That's what Devin Faraci says. He is awesome in its horribleness. Uh, I think you should read, you should read the article, Jeff. You should read the article because Lord knows I always agree with Devin Farage. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I agree with Devin, and so therefore I order you to watch Gods of Egypt, guys. God. <laughs> I have a child, Dave. Think of the child. I will say that I told some people about this today, and they got really excited that you guys would be watching Gods of Egypt that, that we'd likely be talking about on the last show. In all honesty, I probably would have seen it at some point, but uh, do we have to do a review of it now, too? We don't have to, but I, I think, think we people I think I think we have to. I think all of us, even even yeah. uh, you know, Peter and... and um, Jermaine, yeah. Jermaine. Yeah. Sorry, my brain's not working. That's my name, yeah. You have yeah. a kid, Jeff. I know. No, no sleep. <laughs> Gods of Egypt, the, the latest film by Alex Proyas, is amazing. And uh, therefore, I think we'll be uh, watching it and talking about it here on the Slash Homecast. Did, uh, did you guys have choices lined up in case you won? No. Yeah, Jeff, what was this thing that you would have no. been able to watch that you, you know loved why, so Dave? much? Because <laughs> two months... Before it was even over, I uh, was being told I had zero percent chance. Yeah. Of so one of the well, great things, one of the Derek. great things about Dennis's website Dennis. is he yeah, calculated he calculated percentage chance that every person had to win. And at one like at, in like <laughs> early August, Jeff's chances were at less than point one percent of winning. So, so at that point, I think he basically gave up hope of, of anything. Well, it gives, it gives you enough time to learn not to care, basically, right? <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for participating this year, and I'm looking forward to the three-peat next year. Should be a lot of fun. <laughs> Jermaine Lucier uh, is getting married a couple weeks from now. Yeah! Yay. So uh, congratulations in advance, Jermaine. But uh, in the meantime, when you're not getting married, where can people find more of your work on the Internet this week? Uh, you can find my stuff at uh, io9.com and uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, at Jermaine Lucier. How about you, Peter Serretta? You can find me at SlashFilm.com and Twitter.com slash SlashFilm. And you guys already know where to find all of our stuff. Thanks for listening to the official podcast of SlashFilm.com. We'll see you guys next year for Summer Movie Wager 2017. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh. 